Did you know that the average fleet manager spends 100 hours a month managing toll? Get that time back by partnering with BestPass, the nation's leader in toll management. Learn more at getbestpass.com or call 866-366-1426. Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a Driver Reach and FreightWaves production. I'm Wendy Bartz, Vice President of Customer Experience for Driver Reach, a modern recruiting and compliance solution. In Jeremy's absence this week, I'm excited to be your guest host. On this show, we interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insight to the driver life cycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. Your feedback is very important to us. Please remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you're listening to. Today, I'm especially honored to be chatting with a recent industry friend of mine, Kelly Lynn McLaughlin. She's an over-the-road driver and training engineer for Schneider and a driver ambassador for women in trucking. Kelly, thank you so much for joining me. I am very excited about this conversation. I know, me too. I wish we had had more time to chat at the Mid-America Trucking Show, but at least we have this opportunity, right? <laughs> me too. I'm I'm with you there. But so just a little background about Kelly and myself is we just recently met on a panel that we did with WorkHound, uh, just talking about women leaders within the transportation industry. But then a week later, not even, we got to meet in person at the Mid-America Truck Show. Uh, so today, we're going to take a moment. We're going to chat about her background as a driver training trainer. Uh, she's going to share some f- challenges that she's faced with, you know, around safety, especially being a female driver. Um, some advice that she has to the future female drivers of this industry. Uh, and then share how has her confidence really helped her get through her career, um, especially as being a female. So let's dive in. Does that sound good to you, Kelly? That's great. Let's go. <laughs> All, right. All right. Perfect. Um, well, why don't you tell us a little bit? I know you have a, a really unique story, so I'm excited to share that with the audience of just how did you get into this industry, uh, especially as a driver? Right. So I'm actually not from a trucking family. I had a couple of careers before I got into trucking. And it was um, my entry, my segue was either driving um, Team Samoa in the Rugby World Cup um, uh, Championship in New Zealand. That was my first professional driving gig. They, I was their chauffeur, which was pretty cool. But then when I came back to the United States and um, my kids were in high school marching band, they needed a director of logistics and I got tricked into doing it. I had no idea what I was getting into. And um, I wound up getting a ride in the semi truck that we lease to haul our equipment stuff around for the different shows. And uh, the dad driving tier, drad driver volunteer said to me, when I said, Oh, I wish I could do that. He's like, you can do it. And those are powerful words. And you know, the rest was history. So, um, I went to work for Schneider and, um, now I work for both Schneider and women in trucking. And I'm out here, not only working with customers and hauling loads and training new drivers, 
for Snyder, I'm, I'm just out here sharing the word and trying to change the face of who people think a driver is. Yeah. And you're joining us today within you, even on the road today in your truck, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting in my, um, in the driver's seat, my steering wheels over here, my CB, my bunk beds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in my tractor. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Well, let's just, um, as a female driver and being a trainer for, you know, as long as you have, why don't you talk to us about that experience and just how did you, how were you trained into the industry and what are some of the things that you've changed um, to train that next generation of driver? Right. When I got into the industry, I didn't know anything about it. So I didn't have any expectations and um, I didn't even know what questions to ask. And so one of the things that I do with um, with my position as driver ambassador and with my um, partnership with Women in Trucking Association is to kind of educate and encourage people that are interest, interested in the industry, what they need to do to prepare. But once they have their CDL and they're looking for a job, what kind of questions to ask to make sure that you find a carrier that's the right fit for you? I'm an over-the-road driver. I like being out um, and seeing different parts of the country all the time. And if I was on a dedicated route and saw the same customers and had a regular schedule, I would just want to give up. <laughs> but, you know, some people, that's what they're looking for. And some people like to be really physical. So maybe they're looking for a bulk job, a tanker, a flatbed, something like that. But as a woman, one of the questions that I think is really important to ask when you're looking for a carrier after you have your CDL is what is their um, their onboarding process look like? Because most carriers still um, want you to go over the road for a bit of time to, you know, kind of, you know, knock off those training wheels and get some miles under your belt. And um, sadly, there are very few carriers that do over-the-road training and and follow best practices. So you really need to ask, what does that environment look like? Are you comfortable with it? And um, and then the rest of us are out here pushing all those carriers to start putting in place best practices, which is every night the tractor shuts down, the driver and the student stay in a hotel. You're never, ever asked to share a bunk situation and that when the student driver is driving, they're always supervised. They're never left running as a team and unsupervised. So, but I'm, I have to say that um, if this job was um, so dangerous, I wouldn't be doing it. And your best, when you're out on the road, the things that you can do to help yourself feel comfortable, sleep at night and be safe are common sense things that you keep in your head, right? Just like when you're walking through the, um, the shopping mall parking lot or you're traveling alone as a single woman, pay attention to your surroundings, do your trip plan, take a look at where you want to stay. How long will you be able to drive? What are the amenities like when you get there? Is it lit? Is there security? All of those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, I just, I do a lot of trip planning. I use my common sense and, I encourage people to interview their carriers. It's a two-way street, that process. Yeah, absolutely. What are what would be maybe some of your top questions, Kelly Lynn, that you would suggest 
you know, if somebody's struggling with what questions do I ask to get that conversation going with that carrier? What are a couple that just really come top of mind to you? Well, I, okay. Well, one, I would want to know what kind of customers do they have and do they, the customers that you're servicing, do they provide facilities for the drivers to take their breaks, whether it be a 30 or a 10 and are there facilities to go to the bathroom? Because I still, every day I deal with customers encounter, do you have a ladies room? No, we don't have any facilities for drivers. And it just, it's not okay anymore. We are on the same team and um, we need to provide our drivers driving around the country, working long hours, those kinds of facilities. Of course, I would ask about pay and benefits. Do you get paid for over 40 hours? Um, how often do you get home? What are the, uh, what's the safety score of your carrier <laughs> is very important. I've already mentioned the onboarding training conditions. How long is it? What's the uh, driving um, training period look like? And then here's another question. What is the percentage of the decision makers at the decision making table? What percentage have been drivers before? Because if there are drivers at the decision-making table, you know that drivers are at the center of the business model. And you really don't want to be working for a carrier where dollar is the driver. We really need to highlight the carriers where the people are the, the center of the business model. Yeah, that's awesome and good advice. And for our listeners... Most of you are are probably in recruiting or leadership type positions. Those are, you want to make sure your team is prepared to answer those questions that Kelly Lynn just shared. Um, as she's encouraging drivers to ask them, but you have to make sure you have the answers to them. Um, switch gears a little bit and just helping, you know, our, our leadership, you know, whether it's recruiting or safety or operations. Um, what are some of the like perks um, that you wish carriers would do more for for women drivers? Um, this is a hot topic, right? Carriers are trying to get more women involved within their organization. So from your perspective, what are some things they could do to really kind of attract uh, that group to their companies? Probably, well, some of the perks that I'm, I'll mention are not specific to females. But specific to females, I would say flexible work schedules and parental leave, like maternity leave for your drivers, because um, driving is something that you can do throughout all the stages of your life. And um, life happens, right? We get married, mm -hmm. kids, you know, and and support us in that venture, you know, Um the other kind of perk I think is, and this is for all drivers, is a bonus based on safety and then pay a higher pay above 40 hours. Most drivers are expected to and pushed to drive a 70 hour work week, but we only get paid for our rolling miles, which um, is a huge barrier to getting new people into this industry in this um economic environment that we have right now. And for good reason, there needs to be a work-life balance and drivers need to be able to make a living wage. We are held to a higher standard all the time, even on our own personal time. And it is a high-risk job. So we need to start compensating drivers for those risks. 
Some of the other perks that I like are comfortable living quarters. If I'm going to have to sleep in my eight foot, eight foot by eight foot apartment, <laughs> I want a really comfortable bed. I want a clean truck. When I show up to your company, I want someone to walk me through every, all of the switches and the doohickeys, everything. And I want a pre-trip with a mechanic. So if I missed anything <clears throat> in my training, they can fill in the gaps. I want it to be clean. So all I have to do is put my stuff in it. I want a memory foam bed. I want a refrigerator. I want to not have to buy food on the road. It's hard to do. It's expensive. It's not healthy. I would like cooking equipment. I want my tools given to me. If you want me out here working for you, <laughs> give me the tools to do the job. Right? And if I'm a lady and you want me to wear a uniform, give me a lady's uniform. Don't give me a unisex or a man's uniform. I mean, like, hello, if you want women, we like clothes that fit us. <laughs> I love it. And what a wish list, Kelly. And there's no way that somebody can't walk away with like, oh, we should do that. Or we should change how we're looking at that. That was absolutely outstanding. <laughs> I want to go back and, and touch base a little bit on that work-life balance. I know you mentioned you had kids. Like, how how have you kept a work-life balance all these you know, years? Um, when I got in, there was no work-life balance. Um, I just took the job there. The jobs were like, take it or leave it. It's 28 cents a mile. You're home one and a half days a week. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. I need the experience, right? And then I did it. And I was like, I never, I didn't have a life. I didn't, I couldn't see my family. I could barely stay connected with my friends. I was exhausted. I wasn't making enough money to live on. And I was confused. I had a lot of questions. So that's when I started doing the ambassador part of my job is just having conversations with the people that make the decisions that affect me, me being all drivers. Um, and um, I... I took three months off because I was the logistics band person, right? So I that's a full-time job. I took three months off and I wanted to come back. I missed driving. I loved it. And I went to my carrier and I was like, look, I can't do this. Can you do this? <laughs> Only being home one and a half days. <laughs> and um, they said, no. And I said, what do you have to offer me? I'm a great driver. I'm safe. You know, I was like, surely you have something. And that's when we came up with the part-time job. It was a flexible schedule and I could pick the days that I wanted to drive around my kids' schedule and everybody was happy. <laughs> it was best case scenario. So um, I was really thankful that Schneider was willing to do that. Um, and But I worked hard to have my metrics perfect in order to be able to ask that question. If I didn't have a great safety record and a great customer service score, that wouldn't have been an option for me. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. So how do you get the confidence to, sometimes it's hard to share, like to share that, you know, that that situation that's changing in your life. Like how do you get the confidence of being able to kind of manage up and share like, I need these things, but not seem like you're demanding? Um. Well, so my company has, core values, safety, integrity, respect, and excellence. And so anytime I have an issue, one of those things is not being met. And when I try and address the issue, 
I always write it down because if you didn't write it down, it didn't happen. Right? <laughs> and I use those core values that my company is committed to, to substantiate my request. They don't always say no, but it's a very well thought out request when I present it to them. And I encourage everybody else in the industry. I get emails and phone calls and Snapchats and face-a-doodles and all that kind of stuff all the time (laughs) from people saying, oh, I have this situation. But I think that if you are professional in your approach and and I have no idea what that ding is, (laughs) but it could be one of the other trucks around me. Um, But if you're professional in your approach and it's well thought out, And they say, all they can do is say no, Mm -hmm. right? And then you have a choice to make. Do you want to stay with that carrier that's not going to value the same things that you value? Or maybe they say yes. And then you've got a friend, right? Yeah. And then you're both down the same path working together. So, um, and granted, I didn't, I, when I was young, I didn't have the courage to speak up and say, Hey, say, Hey, I think this is right. But, um, maybe it's age, you know, I'm, over 50. And I'm like, what do you, you know, you can't scare me anymore. <laughs> I'm still getting my Um, but I, you know, I was sat down with a 19 year old recently and he did the same thing. He, he was wanting an internship for welding. So he made his plan, went to a company that he wanted to work for and asked for the internship And I told him, I said, you know what? I am so proud of you for doing that. That takes a lot of, um, a lot of courage to do that. And it's something that I didn't have at 18 or 19 years old. And I was like, what were you thinking? And he said, all they could do is say no. (laughs) And I was like, I say that all the time. Yeah. Well, and the markets changed so much that it's really in, if you're looking for a job, you do have options more than you ever have, uh, whether it's internship to just schooling and and where it's going from here. So it's, yeah, that's so powerful. So um, recently at Matt's, you were there. Did you come through our educational? Yeah. Okay. So you'll know that we have a driver stimulator and one of the, you know, we're talking about encouraging people and asking the right questions and stuff. So I had several women that came in and were kind of tentative when they walked in and, you know, we just shared our story and they always wound up kind of at the simulator standing like six feet away, like it had COVID or something. I'm like, it's okay. You can try this out. This is your safe place to try it. And several of these women that were like 20 or 21 did great on the simulator. And I think that just having that opportunity to be slightly exposed to it and give it a go without having to be in a real tractor kind of started opening up some possibilities in their mind for them. I think they'll see the industry a little bit differently and maybe um, consider it as an option. Yeah, it sounds like they kind of fear failure. And it's how do you get over that, especially with you know, trucking is a very male dominant industry and still is, but how do we help women kind of get over that, that fear of failure? And that really, at the end of the day, everybody is truly here to help you. Yeah, I think so. And women in trucking association, I think one of the most valuable things we do is provide that network for other women to go to, 
to find somebody like them that's been around for a little while to give them some advice and encouragement or um, uh, be a role model and an example for them. So I think, you know, that's important to have somebody saying, yeah, I was scared too. And I took a deep breath and I kept trying. Um, It's okay not to be perfect. None of us are perfect. I still haven't had my perfect day, but you know, just don't make (laughs) the same mistakes twice. And women are great at this and we're great at it, not just on the driver's side, but on the mechanic side and at the non-driving side as well. So together we're stronger, I think. Yeah. And there's a great mentoring program through Women in Trucking. If you're not familiar with it, you're listening to this and you're looking for a mentor, uh, feel free to go out to that website. It's it's I've been a mentor uh, through Women in Trucking as well. Uh, it's a great opportunity if you're just looking for somebody to, to help you through um, any challenges that you're facing with your your career. So it's a 10-month program. New drivers are, are connected with an experienced driver. And uh, I think we're doing one or two pods a year. And we've just gotten really great feedback from it. And that's something else yep. carriers can do too. Don't rely on us to be your mentors. Hook up all of your drivers, your new drivers with a mentor. It's, it's great for everybody. And for me as a trainer... It makes me a better driver when I have to train somebody to drive, keeps my skills sharp. Uh, you know, I, um, everybody gets lazy every once in a while, but being a trainer, it, it really, uh, keeps you from being lazy and, and doing the right thing all the time, even when nobody's looking, which is important when we're out here all, all on our own. Yeah. One last question, uh, from actually one of our listeners, Kelly Lennon, kind of goes into, uh, what we were talking about, but how can we improve the image uh, so we can attract more women to the industry? What are your thoughts on that? Well, one is to get the images out there of women on your team that are drivers or associates or mechanics, because uh, people often don't think that they can picture themselves in that position until they see somebody that looks like them in that position, right? So if Mm -hmm. you have advertising material and you have female drivers, put them on your advertising material. (laughs) Put videos of them showing a day in a life at their job on your website. So when people go to look at you, they can they can see it. Talk, you know, see somebody talking about their job and what they look at it. And then the other thing is just to encourage professionalism, reward professionalism, and work with our customers to make sure that they're providing safe places for us, right? So we're all happier, kinder, and more patient when we're well-rested and we're supported by our carrier and our customers. Yeah, absolutely. And videos are huge, um, right? Everybody's digesting content and information through videos, which is a great opportunity to do what Kelly Lynn just suggested of, you know, get more female videos and and be able to put that in the marketing and your branding of your own company. Well, Kelly, Lynn, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate this. And I also really appreciate your friendship. I truly believe you and I um, are going to become just amazing network and a resource for me, especially, um, and for other women in the industry. So I really am thankful of your time today. Well, thank you. And keep on doing what you're doing too. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha.
Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Road. Remember, you can submit any questions or comments, including those that appear on an upcoming Deeper Dive segment at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you listen to. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road. We'll see you out on the road. Bye. I'd like to take a moment and ask for your help and support for our friends in Ukraine. There are no words to express how deeply we feel for the people of Ukraine as, as innocent civilians are being forced to protect their families, their country, and their basic human rights. At Driver Reach, the conflict between Russia and Ukraine is personal. We consider our team members as an extension of our family and five of our software engineers, some of which have worked with me since 2013, uh, are in Ukraine. A week ago, we launched a GoFundMe campaign to raise donations for Razum for Ukraine, which provides medical aid, tactical supplies, and equipment for Ukrainian hospitals. Um, thanks to the generosity of many, uh, we've surpassed our goal of $10,000, but we believe with the help of those in this incredible industry, we can raise much more to help the people of Ukraine. Will you join us? Every dollar helps. Thank you.